I am Jay. I am Bay. And, and what episode, episode is this? 63. 63. Yes. yes, yes, yes. We are now almost officially senior citizens. Oh, goodness. Onto that Medicare. <laughs> my mom used to like pretend she was a senior citizen all the time to get like discounts. Oh, my God. You know, like when you like, get like the cheaper movie ticket. And stuff, oh, you mean and how she... like uh, my brother used to do that? <laughs> yeah. I, I tried yeah. that one time and I was so nervous the whole time. I was, like, did you do it online? I did it. One... You told me that he he did that. And I was like, oh, I'm, I want to try that. And I did it one time and I was like, they're going to catch me. And um, I never did it ever again. Stealing so, from the elderly. It was a very long time ago, but, but my mom was like 60 or whatever. I remember. Oh, I like, well, I mean, that's close. She's enough. like one senior citizen, please. And then one adult. And I, and I remember as soon as like we walked away, I was like, mom, you're not a senior citizen. And she's like, <laughs> I'm close enough. You <laughs> would always say that every time. <laughs> Oh my God. There's this woman on TikTok that reminds me of your mom. I think your mom needs a TikTok account. It's literally, she gets like millions of views. And it's just this woman going up to her mom going, mom, she goes, what? <laughs> and like, and she goes, what are you doing? Nothing. Or like, she'll just ask her like what she's doing and the mom will get annoyed. And then like people just eat that up. I'm telling Honestly. you. Honestly. Uh, if that could your be mom a, would have this either that could be an either or because i do that to her all the time what she calls me and she's like she's like how are you i'm like i'm busy you know <laughs> like, and later on i'm always like gosh i should have been nicer but you know well you know things happen the apple never falls far <laughs> right <laughs> um i is it my turn to go first i think it might be my turn i feel like you went because you did time. the doors last time and the door yeah, wasn't that first. second oh that was first okay all right so, then you go I mean I'm okay with waiting but before I before either of us went I wanted to ask you have you heard this is beach related um have you heard of this guy and his bubble contraption in Florida it's like a little no. current news a little strange news current news it's it was too short to be, make a topic but this guy in Florida um, his name was like Reza, Reza Bellucci. He created this like giant thing that looks like a weird floating hamster wheel, essentially. Okay. And he wanted to run in air quotes there from Florida to New York in this thing in the water, in the water? like along the coastline. <laughs> oh my God. Now he wanted to start in Florida and go to New York. He washed ashore in Florida. <laughs> I was gonna say like that doesn't sound feasible I'm not and then he was found 30 miles south of his original starting point oh my god so he went in the opposite direction well hey 30 miles even though it's in the wrong direction is still pretty impressive I know wait but was he, he wanted to go stop I see like, you didn't say I got this from I got it from like a BBC article and it didn't say whether he was going to like take breaks or whatever, because I have no idea how long that would take. They said it was um, a thousand. So um, he apparently told the news that he was traveling 1000 miles north from Florida's East Coast for charity. 
but then he ended up 30 miles south of his original starting point in St. Augustine. Um, he, he, he encountered, quote, complications that brought him back to shore, end quote. Yeah, meaning waves? <laughs> yeah. Apparently the U.S. Coast Guard came to help him. Um, yeah, I was going to say sure that, that can't be legal. <laughs> to make sure that his, quote, vessel made it back to shore <laughs> safely. But yeah, he said that he wanted to raise charity for, for essentially for the Coast Guard. Um, and, and he was saying that, you know, that this should be um, that like, kind of like essentially like a message that like, if you should, if you put your mind to it, you can, oh, he said, don't listen to anyone, chase your dreams. <laughs> um, apparently this is not his first attempt either. Um, he was rescued it, near St. Augustine oh, no. in 2014 in a very similar contraption. Oh. Well, at and least, then, at least uh, he's doing it for time. a good, good cause. <laughs> so this is his third try and it was not the charm, but you should look this thing up. Um, bubble contraption, R-E-Z-A is his name, Bellucci, or I can even just hold it up to the, the camera so you can see it. But anyone listening, oh, that, was okay. an, I got it. that was an, an interesting little, uh, that was an interesting little news article that I saw. Oh, okay. That's way different than what I thought. Yeah, that, that's way like, more complex than I thought. It's it's huge. A, a human adult man has to fit in, and it, that and it has floated, to, and it has to float. Because see, it looks almost like it has buoys on yeah. both the left and right side, and it's made out of metal, and it's just like a cylindrical. Oh, my foot on you know for, yeah. for like my plantar fasciitis it looks like a foot roller or something yeah I don't know it's strange but th I just thought I'd start us out with some current news yeah well uh, you know my in topic, my, but I just in I my, wondered if you had heard that no I had not that man I know things are crazy in Florida but wow they're really taking it too <laughs> I mean, I mean, at least I thought, it's for well, a good at cause. At least it is for a good cause, yeah. but at the same time, like, let's let's do a little research here, and um, also, and I, I get the whole not giving up on your dreams thing, but you're essentially costing the Coast Guard more money to have to go out there and rescue your butt three times. Yeah, just be, just do a go GoFundMe. <laughs> Although this, this probably is going to get him a lot more press, so maybe in the end it will get more money for the Coast Guard maybe or maybe well, it wasn't for charity little... maybe it wasn't for charity and then he got really embarrassed like when he floated <laughs> he ashore and he's like yeah yeah it's uh it's, i'm actually raising it for you guys for the coast guard <laughs> that or would maybe be a good he just felt so guilty <laughs> exactly <laughs> he was like you and guys did such a good job rescuing me <laughs> i have to do this for you so this yeah you so guys. they don't arrest him you'll <laughs> <laughs> get all the money that's good job guys good job cg good job i just wanted to make sure you could do your job and you did a really good job um it was the well, test I, it was true I, I, yeah i don't have any weird news but i just i just have to say my i would like to tip my hat to simone biles and say screw anyone who's coming for her for you know for saying hey i am struggling right now and i don't want to compete and i want to let someone who's in a better you know, mental place, take, take myself. So for people who do not follow the Olympics, 
start well you know i i mean like i don't really follow the olympics but this has just been like big news i think so she did not want to compete because she's just not in the game right now mentally because probably of all the stuff dealing with COVID, well sure. so i've heard different things and i i should have looked it up before i even mentioned it but someone was saying she had something called the i think it's the twisties where like i guess i guess when you're in gym i guess it's a gymnastics thing or something when you're flipping you don't you lose um like you you become disoriented and you don't realize where you are like if you're up or down or like okay. where the ground is last for I a guess. long time oh, i i guess i've awful i mean i personally don't flip, well, because they're probably so. doing it so so many times yeah. in a day right they're probably and, doing it constantly right and you know oh let's see twisties gymnastics yeah um so and on top of you know what she's gone through with the you know dr nassar and um all the pressure that has come out you yes. know, that, that we know that are put on these um olympians really like, good documentary on netflix athlete yes, a yes yeah yeah that was a great one athlete a um, was very good it was incredibly informative it, it really like painted the whole picture right um yeah so it is called the twisties literally cannot tell up from down um she pulled out of the team all around final tuesday after struggling on her first routine and when withdrew ahead of thursday's individual all around to focus on her mental health and then you know the person who and came people in have been her, giving her crap for it yeah well yeah uh, fox news and you know idiots who've never probably done a sport in their life or know anything about the olympics um are saying like she let down her country and it's just like i think it was so mature of her and so brave of her to like say no like probably I'm, yeah i've had enough yeah and she's and, been before yeah so she's and, already represented yeah. in a very good way yeah. and to come from you know the age of carrie strug where we all saw her like basically like being forced to um finish her routine with oh a my God. broken ankle so you did you see the documentary yeah oh my god that totally yeah and, that totally changed that, my perspective on that it absolutely did it totally did because before we're all like oh my god look at her yeah she is fighting through the pain look she, at that athlete yeah she go. was on the cover that hit that the the coach carrying her i remember being on the cover of every single magazine in the grocery stores you know with her yeah. waving and like she was a hero and it's and like, but looking back, it's like, no, she was 16 and she had no choice. Yeah. So for anyone who didn't watch the documentary, highly, highly yeah. recommend. But they had some other champion gymnasts and Olympians and former Olympians discuss that specific moment. And they were like, just look at that clip and look at her mm -hmm. coach's face. Yeah. And like, and exactly what you said she had no other option but to just do it again it didn't matter if she had broken her ankle she right it didn't no matter choice. if she you know broke her whole left side like she was going to be doing that vault yeah and because they're so young and yeah. it's a mental and physical situation stressing their mind and body at the same time so yeah good for her good good current event news to bring up <laughs> thank you it's just it's been on my mind and like i i've been thinking about it every day especially you know when i'm i'm working on my dancing or or like yeah. working out i'm like okay you know even simone biles said enough is enough so don't push yourself 
Not that I'm comparing myself with her, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Unlike some of us, I know we are. I am not destined to be an Olympian. <laughs> I am neither. <laughs> hey, you never know. Um, they might have roller derby in there one day. <laughs> um, that would be so cool. It really would be. I went to my very first back to practice today and uh, it was outside and it was like five of us because our team is completely split up. Um, oh, it wasn't at the gym at the, the no. sports club? So um, because right now, so roller derby is the women's flat track derby association um, is like what we're um, governed. Yes. Governed by um, and like we, if you want to do an official like games and bouts and things like that, you have to like, you know, have insurance and you have to be governed by some sort of body. So that's the association that we follow. And they have very strict rules about coming back, you know, because of COVID and things like that. Right now we are allowed to do non-contact practices outside um, with small groups. So they, we split everybody up into different small groups and they're doing it at different places outside. I went to a place I've never been to before. And I I'm going to be feeling it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I skated all the way up and through from March to July, like trying to keep up my skills in 2020. And then womp, 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 <laughs> stop. Yeah, but you're not the only one. I'm not, I am not. Um, but it was so fun. Um, it was, it was really, really good. But that's like, we do the same thing, like on our team, like people can mit- you know, it's not like, yeah, go ahead, just miss practice whenever you want. But if you need to take a mental day, it's totally accepted. And, that's and I, that's one of the things I love about the sport in our particular league is it's, ex- it's so accepting. And you I think know, it helps that it's like a, moment, a lot of women, you know. Yeah, not, it's not. The, yeah, there are co-ed leagues and there are men's. I mean, they're very accepting too, of but, everybody, you know, there's oh, yes. all types of genders I and i can get claps for like doing almost nothing i mean oh you've gosh, taught me you went forward on skates yeah. congratulations i feel like you've taught me a lot of new terminology that you've learned from people at your roller derby you've become more it's woke. a great it's a great it's a great group i love it but that's awesome that's the only sport that i'll ever play <laughs> um but non-sport related unless you have anything else to add about Simone Biles. Um, no. My topic is super random and uh, kind of not really inspired by much. Um, it, it, I asked myself the question, um, what happens, okay, when rich, especially rich people, I, mean, I, don't know, I don't know, middle-class people could do this too, but I'm unaware of it. If they do, uh-huh. it's totally possible what happens when people die and will their pets money oh. like is that real or it is it like just that, something on tv remember that disney movie with uh kirk cameron i think no it was like some well, rich guy shaggy dog or something wasn't he in that where he like turns into the dog no i don't think so it was like it was a disney channel original movie i think and this <laughs> <laughs> this rich guy dies and leaves the money to his dog and i think kirk cameron plays like a pet therapist or something i don't know it's oh, so nice it's ridiculous but it's very trendy for the 90s that's the only that's the only time i've heard i've even heard of that. but yeah that's <laughs> see, i've, I've never 
I've only seen it on um, TV and stuff. So I want to know, like, is, is that real? And one of my all-time favorite movies, um, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, they have a whole thing about that too, where this guy walks a dog every single day, but the dog is dead. But the guy gets paid as long as he, quote, walks the dog. So he essentially walks the dog's like ghost. Um, so that he can continue to get an allowance to do the job that has been over for like 10 plus years because the dog died a very long time ago but um, it makes a lot more sense when you see it (laughs) so that's the only time I've ever seen it really and I wanted to know if that's real so I found an article in Vanity Fair vanityfair.com written by Emily Jane Fox and that's from 2015 and then I found some more information on mentalfloss.com very good website so I found a couple of ones and I'm just going to say these because of the amount of money that these animals were left it just has to be said it just has to be noted (laughs) because I'm over here like struggling to get through like any normal average citizen and these pets are just like living the life so um shit money (laughs) very recently um fashion designer in 2019 Carl Lagerfeld died he was 85 and he left um, a very large portion of his $300 million fortune to a longtime companion, which is a female Burmese cat. So that's like the, the closest one I could find in more, most recent times. Then a Manhattan woman named Leslie Ann Mandel, she died in 2015. And she's like what the Vanity Fair article really focused on. She left a hundred thousand dollars in her will to her 32 pet cocktails 32 i know similar to someone you once knew yes her her cat (laughs) and her dog so she had all of them just living in her house i guess so she also left very specific instructions on how her quote beloved birds should be treated Um, And the will stated that she wanted her birds to continue living in the aviary. So I am assuming she built like a huge aviary. I would hope so with 32 of them. I know. Uh, I know. Seriously, think of the smell. Um, She wanted them to continue living at her, um, in the aviary, at her Wayne Scott, New York home. Um, And if they were moved, she required that it be a protected place of similar size material without a cage. So like an aviary. She also put how the birds needed to be fed into the will after she died. Um, She said, quote, it is my wish that the birds be fed and the building cleaned each Monday and Thursday and their food shall be purchased (laughs) from AVI cakes, carrots, water, and popcorn, end quote. (laughs) That's very specific. I know. Um, So the trust was to be controlled by her stepson after she died and um he was allowed to use quote judgment and discretion end quote in order to determine (laughs) how and when the money would be used um in the future for her wonderful birds cat and dog and her sister um avis mandel of course she contested the arrangement i didn't find out what happened because the article was written in 2015 that happened but um i i want to (laughs) know if uh if that ended up being the case I, watched I mean a hundred thousand like that's for 32 birds it's not really that much when you think about it like all the food and everything that's what I saw uh that's like really what they mentioned they were like you know in comparison to some pets 
yeah. um, like like Carl Lagerfeld's cat, the birds ended up essentially getting like three thousand dollars a piece. Um, so it, it's they just like, hand it to the birds. Here you go. Here's your it's check. Like, it's meager pittance in, er, in comparison to what some of these other pets have gotten. So this is just one example. Um, so in comparison, they got way less than some other very lucky pets that have survived their owners, like a German shepherd that was believed to be the world's richest dog. Um, can't believe that's a thing, but it is. His name was Gunther the Fourth. <laughs> okay, as soon as I read that, I immediately thought what happened to Gunther one through three. Um, but so the dogs well they probably worth, died <laughs> <laughs> the dog's net worth after the death of his owner was 370 million dollars holy so, shit rich, richest dog in the world the money was said to so this part was kind of a little confusing the money was said to be passed down from a long line of german shepherds of the same names i'm guessing gunther one two and three. oh okay um i wasn't sure if that happened before or after the death. So like maybe like Gunther one, oh, I'm gonna leave you lots of money. Yeah. And then Gunther one died and then they got Gunther two and the owner was still alive, you know? And was like, yeah, oh, I'm maybe gonna he leave got, you the money instead. Maybe um, got the first one when he was young. Yeah, then... so that's my guess is that maybe they were like planning to give it to Gunther one, but then they ended up outliving Gunther one through three. That, that was my guess. Um, I wasn't sure because they, um, the original OG Gunther was, um, I think he was left $800 million. So he was left even more. Um, and then I guess it slowly decreased. Um, and that, that his owner um, was a German countess named Carlotta Liebenstein. And oh, she died cool. in 1991. I take so. it this woman didn't have kids? I would hope or not. Or was this an addition? Could you imagine? Mm -hmm. Yeah, unless it was an addition. Could you imagine being like, mom, I love you. And then they're like, Gunther's <laughs> getting everything. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, who's Gunther? He's like, here, he's the dog. Duh. He's your brother. She like clinks the <laughs> martini. Her brother. You know, <laughs> she's your real brother. Or he's your real brother. Most important so, child in my life. <laughs> so how is this legal? Like, how is Gunther for or Gunther the fourth allowed to have $370 yeah. million. So is That's that legal? Ridiculous. And what happens when pets are suddenly rich, like after their owners pass on? Like can a person legally leave money to an animal? Um, what I found is a technically no, uh, quote, an animal is legally also considered to be property, end quote, said Alice Choi, who was an estate planner, estate planning lawyer at Novick and Associates in New York City. Um, Alice said, by law, a person cannot will their property to an animal because the animal is also considered property. So you can't will property to property. Um, they would instead have to include a provision in their yeah. will that sets aside a certain amount of money to care for the pet. So in other words, a trust. Okay. Like a trust and then fund. someone takes care of that trust. Exactly. Like in the, <laughs> like in the countess's case her stepson um so she had some sort of relatives i can't i don't know that's very strange um and so Choi estimated um that about 10 percent of her clients make provisions for their pets in their wills or estate planning 
quote, I don't think it's, it is for lack of love or care, but because the will or trust goes into effect probably years after you have executed it. Unless you are creating it when you are sick or very old, therefore it is likely to, likely the specific pet that you refer to may not even be around when it goes right. into effect, end quote. Probably like Gunther Wimpton. Um, <laughs> again, just speculating. Yeah, you just have to say, you know, whatever animal I have at the time of my death. Like, <laughs> I know, right? But maybe, Why should be like the worst possible animal ever that you hate? I know. My my python needs to have $32 million, please. <laughs> so estate lawyers say it's more like any other trust. It's like exactly the same as like having like a trust fund kid, I guess. Yeah. Um, according to Matthew Bavino, an estate attorney at Davidson, Dawson and Clark LLP in New York, <laughs> who's also a lawyer, a pet trust is still um, pretty uncommon, but it does. So it's like different, like she said, 10%. And then this guy Bavino said it's pretty uncommon. So I don't know, maybe yeah. different firms, different, different clientele. I'm actually you know? surprised it's not more common. Yeah, I guess. But or maybe um, people are just more concerned about making sure the animal has someone to take care of it. Yeah. And they could just like do that verbally, you yeah. know, rather than write it in. But uh, with a trust fund, it's like money. Um, it's so um, a pet trust is so uncommon, but it does make sure that a wealthy individual can die knowing that their pet will still eat filet or sleep on a silk pillow, even when they're gone. <laughs> Vanity Fair article said. When there is a trust, someone does have to be in charge of overseeing that trust, like the stepson um, in the previous story. Um, in the pet's case, it's usually about overseeing the aspects of caring for that pet, like the food and living quarters and things like that. There's a trustee who controls the money and decides when and how it gets paid out. So I guess the trustee would really have been um, the countess's stepson, a caretaker. So this is like so involved. Um, there's a, a trustee and then there's a caretaker. I think of like a janitor when I think of a caretaker. Um, a caretaker, um, you know, like just like mopping the floor. He's the grounds caretaker um, who actually looks after the pet, like physically looks after them and asks for money from the trustee to pay bills and related to expenses so they're like on the look on location like yeah hands in that's there, cleaning that's up what, the poop yeah that's what kirk cameron was in that movie. <laughs> okay so he got to live in and, this huge mansion and, and like take care exactly, of the dog <laughs> exactly that's what this um article was essentially um saying um so they they've got it made although they do have to you know take care of them and then there is and this is the word they used an enforcer that makes me think of like, like an action film or something. I'm the enforcer um, who makes sure this person, the enforcer, makes sure that the trustee and caretaker are not mishandling the funds and appropriating them for the personal use. So the enforcer is the one that like really, you know, cracks down and says, no, you cannot buy that Louis Vuitton. That's not for the birds. Um, <laughs> If a person doesn't name an enforcer and there's enough money, um, a court can appoint one if needed. Um, I was getting the feeling that that does not happen a lot, but it could. Um, yeah. This, like, you know, of course, keeps 
trustees or caretakers from just saying and using the cash for whatever they want. I just can't even imagine being that person, being the enforcer, being like, Fluffy needs to get her filet on Tuesdays and Thursdays. No, you know, like, it's just right. such an interesting job. If you were, especially <laughs> if you were coin a court appointed, you know, but I guess you'd be right. a lawyer if you were court appointed. I'm not sure, but that would be my guess. But then what happened? what happens when the pet dies and there's like still money left over like in kirk hammond's case let's say the, the pet died and kirk's still living in this mansion what happens to kirk um the article yeah, said I, yeah that's a good question the article said that the owner usually lets whatever money is left over um to that person or to a charity so if no one is directly named the the remainder the remainder of the money is just absorbed back into the estate and that could leave that caretaker person um, who's then devoted themselves to like, taking care of this pet, living in whatever lap of luxury um, with nothing in the end, you know, potentially if they had been named um, once that animal does pass away. Uh, so, um, so don't get used to the lifestyle. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I would want a pet that lived a really long time. Um, quote, yeah. there is a risk that when the cat dies, and the person doesn't want to stop taking their money, so they'll go out and buy a cat that looks exactly like the other cat so they don't have to stop, <laughs> end quote, is what the attorney said. That would be, I just can't even imagine. I need a cat that looks just like this one. <laughs> Especially if it's like a really, like, what if it's like a rare breed or something and, you know, like they could only find it in like Italy or, you know, I don't know yeah you so, have to diet <laughs> but, diet you know, or something <laughs> the article did mention something that i have heard before because i did have some personal experience with it it said that pet owners who care for animals like tortoises or turtles or birds should really consider planning in advance for who's going to take care of their pet because those pets generally outlive their humans yeah. so my grandmother had a, a parrot she had a macaw named felix and he was willed to my aunt to take care of him and then she willed it to my cousin because they can live over they can live 100? up to 100 years old so oh, it's gonna outlive everybody essentially unfortunately felix did get sick but he mm. was like 40 something when he died so he, he, that bird was so crazy <laughs> <laughs> he was older than me this little like parrot um <laughs> it's, it's i know and it's like cool, you see like the the tortoises that are like huge like from the galapagos and stuff and they're yeah. you no know, those suckers are old um yeah they look old <laughs> they look like old i, know. Old, I mean especially because they're moving so slow so yep. if a pet isn't mentioned in a will or other legal document document unfortunately it could end up in a shelter mm. that is just so darn sad if um, they said, quote, if nothing is mentioned in your will regarding your pet, then it would be subject to the executor's dis discretion and what is in the best interest of the estate, not the pet, end quote, yeah. said Choi. Uh, a pet trust guarantees that what the um, person who made the trust wanted for the pet and gives authority funds and funds to the trustee to execute um, their wishes for their pet. So um, if you have an animal that's going to outlive you, consider 
<laughs> putting yeah. it in writing Seriously. or someone you really really trust yeah legally force it on somebody <laughs> well i would hope that you would have relatives like my mom took in my grandma's dog you know yeah she passed, but but i mean and that is just like a verbal consent like same thing yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure I yeah don't like know we would my, never send a dog to the shelter that was like part of I don't know family. if my grandma actually like wrote it in her will but I that's what I was told that she willed him to my aunt but maybe it was just like a spoken thing yeah but I just that paperwork must be so funny you know he only eats friskies he only eats the best Monday and Thursday that was, that was the only brand I could think of but <laughs> but that was my topic oh, that it was totally good. random it like weirdly popped into my head um it was it was meant to be it was meant to be so it does oh. happen it does happen yeah oh i believe it and probably i would guess there's probably a lot of informal agreements too just kind of like written on a piece yeah. of paper like like yeah. you said kind of like not like you know well, maybe there's not millions of dollars yeah that on them Shit, if i had that kind of money i'd probably will give some to my animal to make sure they're taken care of you know i would hope a lot of it would go to charities and you know other yeah. than i'd be like until they die yeah you know or i'd be like they probably only need this much and then everybody else can have the rest <laughs> yeah exactly um but you know rich people problems <laughs> <laughs> for sure well, my topic is um, something I've been, I've kind of heard recently and I kind of put it in the back of my mind. Okay, do this topic um, one of these days. Um, have you heard of a new trend um, of period parties? <laughs> oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I have no freaking clue i have an idea because i feel like i i saw something too and then just like yeah. blocked it out yeah but just that's that question alone <laughs> i love what posing opened, it as a question it has opened the door for me <laughs> for a wonderful story i'm about to hear oh yes please tell so, me all right so real quick my my sources are women's health magazine uh bbc good, good source Huffington Post and actionaid.org surprisingly um so period parties are pretty much what they sound like it's um at least in in it's a relatively new thing for America uh it's um basically can range from a small dinner with uh consisting of red foods to celebrate the beginning of your menses um <laughs> Uh, wow. Or it can be ranged to, you know, lavish parties with, they had like, um, if you look on Pinterest or Instagram, um, you'll see like uh, cupcakes with little vulvas on them. Wow. Oh, you're looking? Yeah. And, or cakes. Are, and then like the goodie bags are quite exceptional. Yeah. yeah and they, they'll give you, it's kind of like a, like a baby shower, wedding shower, except they give you like tampons and pads and stuff like stuff you would need when you get your period which i'm like man i could have used that part of it i'm seeing sure. a uterus with fallopian tubes pinata with an angry oh face. that's cool i didn't see that <laughs> yeah i think um it's definitely become like a, a big wow. a big thing it, i i wanted to like ask somebody about it but i the only 13 year olds i know are like 
in my dance class and that would just be, be a really little weird. Yeah, a little really actually really asking anyone that would be yeah unless they were like adult. like your yeah, unless it was like a, yeah, yeah it would have to be someone really close to me that I felt comfortable um because I was curious like how common is it you know um so it it actually started well it's believed to have started from a 2017 tweet that went viral uh it shows this girl's family giving her a cake um saying congrats on your period and it was like her cousin tweeted it she's like my family is so extra like brooke got her period today and now I they're think having I a see party the photo that you're talking about yeah yeah because that's really kind of what um what set it off or set it in motion um <laughs> yeah and um so it's actually uh people that, you know, a lot of the people that they interviewed were saying like experts, like um, doctors and researchers were saying it's actually a very good thing because it's, it kind of opens up the door for you to talk about women's health and like, hey, this is normal. Like, don't be embarrassed and don't feel shameful. Like mm -hmm. all women go through Absolutely. this. Um, and they said that, uh, that women, or I guess I should say, Females 12 to 18 are more vulnerable to negative body image due to the puberty changes that they go through. And um, research shows that those who develop um, or start puberty earlier have more uh, anxiety, um, which I can definitely you don't relate to. Say. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah, I remember like, <laughs> can you like, like how do you explain other to what other girls like what a bra is before they really understand it like you know like it's well I remember being made fun of for it Absolutely yeah no I was too they're like is that a bra from both boys and girls and like and if you look I mean of course with your adult mind you're like look at all the people around us that are wearing them yeah this now you're like are you not wearing a bra <laughs> and like obviously it's a complete and total choice to wear one or not wear one and like I wish I totally wish I could have been like can you mind your damn business please yeah I'm trying to I'm trying to do my school work over here yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm educate myself <laughs> it's just interesting like when you know they've done a lot of studies about you know children like once they start even just the preteen prior to um puberty they they call it um like the group mind or the yeah the group the thing. gang mind you know they start dangerous really thing. caring about what other people think about them and at the same time they're starting to create that autonomy from their parents Mm -hmm. and it you can just see like the shift in their personalities and they just care so much and you I like any kid who I see like that I feel I feel for because you really yeah. want to be like just you do you yeah you just know? wait don't They'll worry about up. those other people you know like yeah just worry about yourself make yourself happy but then you, you know, know it also happens on the other end where if you're one of the last to go through puberty like you also I, yeah, I would I imagine, imagine. You feel like left out can't relate um, but I can imagine it would be also yeah. embarrassing because you because you compare yourself constantly right and people say like well how old are you or you know say you're you know look like a kid and mm -hmm. um so I it, that made me kind of uh interested in how um periods are celebrated in other countries around the world so that's some Ooh. of the other 
part of my topic as well. Um, so surprisingly, it's celebrated in a lot of places. Um, and way before Americans did it. Um, so in Japanese culture, it's common for uh, the family to celebrate the first period with uh, a sticky rice rice dish called um, sikihan, and it's made with red. It's basically red beans and and rice, and you know the red gives it a red color. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's very common. Um, you know, way just a simple little dish with the family. Mm-hmm. Nothing too big. Um, in uh, India and Sri Lanka, um, they have a puberty ceremony. Uh, they celebrate by inviting family and friends who bring gifts and have a big meal. So it's a little bit, you know, it's a bigger occasion. A little bigger celebration. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot imagine having like my grandparents come I know. over to celebrate Especially like especially male members of the family. But at the same time, I mean, we do go to bar and bat mitzvahs and like yeah. Um, yeah. confirmations and stuff like that. And that's around that same time period. I know it doesn't have to do with like your- Yeah, but um, you're right. It's like, it's but... the idea of you're becoming a woman. You're becoming a man. an adult, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, the first day after their period, the girl is bathed by her closest relatives um (laughs) that's a little awkward sorry sorry i I just put myself in that Mm -hmm. place and that's why yeah i'd be like we're gonna skip this part okay (laughs) um they're fed rich foods and then she goes through an isolation period and then she's given another bath and then she's dressed in a sari to show her identity as a more mature woman okay um and then a month after uh they start sometimes they'll change what they eat they'll eat things like raw eggs or sesame or I'm sorry, raw eggs with sesame seed oil every morning, um, limiting water intake to keep themselves from being, um, bloated. They might not be able to eat sugary foods or bread. Um, this is to strengthen the body for childbirth. So a lot of it, it does revolve around like, okay, now you're childbearing age. Um, mm-hmm. which, you know, is kind of a double-edged sword. Cause it's like, yeah, what if you don't it's want like kids or really you know you're young. 13 yeah yeah um well i mean i wonder how commonplace it is now because it could this could be something that is more traditional and maybe mm. it's been celebrated for a very long time yeah and maybe now in modern age people are more like they're kind of changing the focus perhaps i don't know yeah yeah and that's kind of from what the articles were saying it's it's like they're not gonna like expect their daughters to be married off at like as a teenager you know it's just kind of you know it's just something that's stuck you know because people like celebrating <laughs> this is true if COVID um, has taught us one thing is that yeah, people we gotta, can go longer life. than a month without a celebration of something right or you know especially alcohol in american <laughs> society <laughs> um so the navajo people um have something called a Kinyalda, which is a Navajo puberty ceremony. Um, it's held on the fourth night after the period begins. And there were a few of these that were, they are celebrated on the fourth night of the period. And I couldn't figure out the significance of that. I, I looked it up, but there wasn't much. So I don't know if maybe that's kind of the end of it or when it's like, you know, kind of dying mm-hmm. down a little. Um, the Again, the girl bathes and dresses uh, in her best clothes 
And then she lays straight down um, with her head towards the door. She, it, it sounds like she's kind of like massaged by a female relative. Um, the women from the neighborhood put her hair in a special knot wrapped in deer skin. Um, the young woman will go up to any young babies or toddlers and put her hands under their ears and lift them by the neck to help them grow faster. Hmm. Um, and then each evening she runs for about a quarter mile and back towards the east um, until they have the public ceremony. Um, this assures uh, strong and a strong and active womanhood. And then Good. four days before the ceremony, she can only eat mush or bread. Um, she cannot scratch herself because she's got to preserve her body, which would be really hard because I get itchy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I don't know, I guess they, I guess if you accidentally like scratch yourself or something and make a mark, God forbid, but um and then the basically all the women in the in the village like uh, grind up corn and make a large corn cake, and um, and then they they all eat it together. Um, in Brazil, uh, there is a uh, indigenous tribe, the Amazonian Tacuna tribe. It's also in Brazil, Colombia, and Peru. They spend three months to a year living in a private room in their family homes, uh, learning about the history of their tribe, and then they have a big celebration when they re-enter the community. Alone? Well, like just them. Well, they. It's like a room in the in the house, I think. Okay. So yeah, but it that sounds doesn't like, sound like a celebration to yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It it from what I read, they it's something they look forward to but there were some okay. where it was like there were some cultures where you were like basically like sent to live in like a hut and like kind of excommunicated Ooh, excuse me so um i definitely think that quote womanhood has a different connotation in in a variety of different places some yeah. positive some happier than others yeah yeah these were the ones that were seemed to be more positive um you know, just keeping it with the positive. Keeping vibes. it light. Keeping it light. <laughs> yeah. Way to go. Yeah, Way to seriously. Go, <laughs> <laughs> um, in Fiji, some communities lay out a special mat again on the fourth day of the period, um, and they it's a very special day. They celebrate with a feast uh, to commemorate the woman ent- or the young girl entering womanhood, um, and then. Um, apparently in Jewish culture, it's, or there's kind of rumors. I I've asked people if this is true, but there's a congratulatory slap from the mom. <laughs> uh, nice. no one knows where this originated. Uh, I think, yeah, I don't really think it's very common anymore. Across but... the face or like a pat on the back? No, across the face. I mean, wow. I don't think it's hard, but I hope it's not. like, you know how like maybe it's I, like a good luck thing yeah when i'm picturing is like when some like when someone grabs your face they're like oh good job you know kind of like like a light maybe a tap oh, um i was i don't know i'm i'm just speculating here my because, mind is a lot darker yeah i i did i well i interviewed all of one of my jewish friends <laughs> way they, to go they, with the research they, well yeah I, I literally just sent a text was like have you heard of this and she said uh, she had heard of it but nothing that you know she had ever done (laughs) 
in her family. So um it's probably a good luck thing i feel like so much of this is like for like you know being you know having like you know a good life like you know like the equivalent of like the good harvest you know like yeah but but a human rather than crops yeah exactly um but i did find a um when i was looking up my research uh, there was a program called Action Aid International, and they actually work to um, like donate like pads and and tampons for like third world countries because a lot of these girls like have to miss school when they get their period because it's mm-hmm. they don't have the same resources. Um, so you know if you are that interested in, in donating, go to uh, actionaid.org and um, you know you can find information um you know on how to how to help because it is unfortunately um you know there's a disparity there Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah so and it's not just like they they help with they really focus on women and children in in all areas like um you know hunger and clean water and um action aid climate change yeah actionaid.org action aid is one word so it's one of the things um Feminine hygiene products is one of the things that is most needed in U.S. homeless shelters as well. Oh, okay. That that's in place socks. You can donate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because my, that's one thing that my Derby League does do around the holidays. We have a, oh, a, nice. a drive for things like socks and cleaning products and especially feminine hygiene products. It's like the one of the highest things that you need. Like you said, there's just such a disparity. I mean, just imagine mm-hmm. like, if, if you have no home, like, what do you do? You yeah. Know? It's one of those things that, you know, I've always taken for granted because I was, you know, and it is freaking expensive. Yeah. It is really expensive. Like, have you heard of the pink tax? That's what I think of when I think of this. Yeah. Like, you how, mean how, like uh, how women have to pay f- more for like birth control and there are certain of... products that are, you know, quote designed for women or, um, Um, did you hear me? No, you, you, you cut out. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you, you're, it froze and like your eyes were closed and I was like, maybe I'm just like singing her song right now. I, like, <laughs> I was waiting for it to catch up, you know, where it like all of a sudden goes really fast and then I could kind of get the tail end of it. But yeah, yeah. well, anyway, the pink tax is when, you know, more effeminate products um, cost more. Oh, okay. Yeah. If it's like advertised towards women or if it's for women, then it's more expensive and they call it the pink tax and it's super not fair. Wow. Even like we're talking about like a haircut, like if you're a woman and you're getting the exact same, like short, like, 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 let's let's say like pixie cut, Uh they're going to charge more, most likely. Really? A woman versus a man. Yeah. And then my hairdresser was saying that she was saying like, she was like, I would give more effort to my female client who got a pixie cut versus the guy. Yeah, because you would figure the woman would care more, but yeah. that's just assuming. But, but that is just assuming. So if that were yeah. true, and if it was more of a full service treatment, then I can see. I can see. But, you know, if it's just like, 
a local shop. Yeah, but I bet you if you put them person. if you put them side by side, you wouldn't even be able to tell the difference between like yeah. was this the woman's haircut or the men's, you know? Yeah. But yeah, that was pretty much my topic. It was pretty yeah. short. Um, I but, have to say, I think it's yeah. silly. I do think it's silly the 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 period party part. I think it's a little silly when you have like goodie bags and pinatas and favors and cakes and cupcakes and stuff. But at the same time, I do think it's positive. I do. Yeah, think I think positive. it's definitely you know moving in a good direction. I don't know how how comfortable I'd feel celebrating that with my family. Absolutely not. I could see us definitely doing something like with our friends. Yeah. Maybe something little, but yeah, I, I don't yeah. need the world to know that, but especially like yeah. while you're on it, that moment, like everyone knows, <laughs> like every yeah, time right? you go to the bathroom, people are going to be like, well, <laughs> you change your plan. Yeah. Successful. Good for you. Yeah. No, yeah. I agree. Maybe let's do this like two weeks later and make it very clear. But at the same time, like, you know, if these had been around when, when, you know, 30 years ago, maybe we would feel differently about it. Maybe. Right. Maybe we wouldn't yeah. feel so like, you know, maybe we there be shouldn't so be shame. There should yeah. not be shame because periods are the reason why any of us are alive. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's we true. literally would not be alive if it weren't for this <laughs> physical process. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's not something that anyone should, should, you know, feel guilty or shame about, but it yeah. And if it's going to help kids feel, you know, less anxiety, I remember mm-hmm. I was kind of in denial. Like when I first got mine, I was like, I don't think that's it. I just kind of, I think I kind of pretended I'm like, sick. I was I'm like, really eh. sick. <laughs> maybe I sat in some spaghetti sauce, you know, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but that yeah. marinara really got me. Yeah, and I remember feeling me. like I'm way too young for this, but I, I mean, I wasn't. It just felt, yeah. you know, because I was like the first one that I knew yeah. to have it. So I was like, that's, that can't be right. <laughs> I just do also remember, in a way, maybe those health videos that we watched in fifth grade were ahead of their time. Because I remember <laughs> distinctly this one video. And I remember even as a 10 year old who I definitely had not gone through the change if you will um uh you know and I had no idea what that experience would be like but even as a 10 year old I was already totally jaded and I was like a complete and total cynic because the <laughs> video was like the girl like rushed home and called her friend on the phone was like oh my gosh I got the gift today I got my period and she was so excited she called yeah. it a gift and I remember, you know, even then you could tell the video was a little dated because of the, <laughs> yeah. the quality, the quality yeah. of like the video. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's on that little cart with the giant, huge, like 100 pound TV. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it's on the VHS tape and stuff. And I remember being 10 and being like, this is bullshit. I'm not gonna run home and be that this excited. This is why we were like, friends. I'm now gonna be a this, woman because I got my gift. Bull crap! <laughs> <laughs> but maybe I'm be excited videos, about that shit. Maybe they were on the right track. Maybe it should be a celebration. Maybe we should yeah. think of it as a gift. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh my gosh, the 1980s just spoke to us in a hard way. You know, yeah, I mean, we should at least get a party out of it. And, <laughs> I know, you know, right? 
And that's when you want all the sweets and everything. So there you that's go. That's true. Those cravings. Yeah, they're real. Yeah. Well, that was lovely. I, I you. think I saw something about it and just like got it out of my mind. So when you said it, that was just. Yeah, was I, I was like, all right, bookmark great. that. That needs to be a topic. <laughs> that was yeah. great. Yeah. And, well, and I do now get it because you mentioned it. And yeah. You broke it so down. now you know. Now you're more informed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. check us out on Facebook. Um, this is the part I don't get. And Instagram, this is the part I don't get. And feel free to email us your period party stories no okay um any parts that you don't get <laughs> your ideal part. <laughs> tell us your ideal period party if you could have one uh, what would you like in your goodie bag i wonder um, if they'll do maybe we could do a menopause party because we're probably closer to menopause oh my god let's do it <laughs> let's have the ac blast yeah just like fans everywhere it's <laughs> <laughs> like five um, pairs of clothes yeah. mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, and email us at thepartydon'tget at gmail.com and we will see you in another two weeks. All right. Have so a bye. good two weeks. Bye.